Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrat, that's right. Oh, hey, Blago. <laughs> hey, what's going on, Blago? How's it going, everybody? We are live. Yes. All right. Live stream chat room. What is happening? Ben, business as usual here. Holiday's over eh, for about two days. Then we get another holiday. <laughs> Rock and roll. You have a song of the day, and it is from Frank. So that's coming up. But me, 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 solo, solo, me, me, me. There we go. Do re mi fa sol la tito. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Ben Jarofsky show first. Ben gargling. Ah yes. Gotta water up the pipes. Yes. Oh, we are starting it off with a bang here. Your Ben, your ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, December 29th is moments away. But first, we need to thank the Chicago Reader for hosting the Ben Jarofsky show. Check out the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Subscribe. Donate to the Chicago Reader. You know, this publication's been free probably your whole damn life, all right? But they're looking for some cash. You know, everybody's hard up. So help out the Chicago Reader. Subscribe. And, uh, hey, let them know you appreciate the Ben Jarofsky Show being on uh, the Chicago Reader. And today's Ben Jarofsky Show is also brought to you in part by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. That is correct. Ben, your song of the day? My, oh, good Lord. My Dingling by Chuck Berry. Oh, my Dingling. The year was 1973, I want to say. And he had a hit single uh, with a... A live album from a concert in England, I want to say. My dingling, my dingling, won't you play with my dingling? Wow. Then Eddie Van Halen came on with reverb. Oh, I never thought you'd be singing that one. <laughs> Do you know that song? I mean, I've heard it. My dingling. It's actually it's a pretty funny song. Chuck Berry was a. Very good songwriter, ladies and gentlemen. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Tuesday, December 29th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program... It's the return of SDG, Stacey Davis-Gates. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Golf Course Donnie. And here's why. Great long weekend. You have a great long weekend, D? Yes, it was a great long weekend. Yes, it was great. It was long, and it was all those things together. Uh, and a belated a Merry Christmas to one and all. Uh, I saw a ton of movies. 
uh, over the long surprise, weekend. Surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> the best of which remains, I talked about this already, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I know I mentioned this last week, but I liked it so much I watched it again. That's just how it goes with great flicks. Watching Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis going at it, man, that was something else. I'm telling you, Viola was channeling her inner Denzel Washington in that movie. I urge absolutely everyone uh, to check it out. Anyway, it was so nice you watched it twice? Uh, we, yes, it's so nice. I watched it fi- twice, and then I took that frown and turned it upside down, my friend. I just a little aside here. Uh, I was grumbling this morning about this, that, and the other thing about life in Chicago and our insane politics. And Dennis said to me over the phone, he said, Benny J., I want you to take that frown and turn it upside down. And ever since he said that, I've just been smiling like crazy. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Back to business. It looks as though Congress may actually hike the stimulus allowance from 600 to 2000. Uh, the details have not been uh, completed and what, I'm not quite sure what's going on in the Senate. We'll get to that. But anyway, let's be clear. Democrats did all the hard work in this one. Special shout out to Senator Bernie Sanders. And I get a lot of grief from my friends of the centrist persuasion, including one Monroe Anderson. Guys have been giving me a hard to David Seaton. I'm thinking of all you centrists out there giving me grief about my love for Bernie all these years. But you know what, centrists? I don't want to hear any one of you say, well, Ben, what legislation has Bernie Sanders ever passed? All Bernie Sanders has ever done is try, and I mean try really hard, because you got to work hard to do this, and that is get Democrats to act like Democrats and not down and not act like the watered-down Mitt Romney. I want to be like Rom Republicans that they usually are. But if this bill passes, if this stimulus bill goes from 600 to 2,000, and it's still not a done deal, I have to give a shout-out that I never, ever, ever thought I'd make. So get ready, people. Hold on. Here it comes. <laughs> Shout out to President Donnie. Yes, con man Don himself. Oh, don't let Monroe hear this. And Heidi Henry, you're going to give me grief about this one, too. By the way, I got to get the Heartland Mamas back on this show. Uh, need their view of the world. Need it bad. Anyway, but I've never, ever, ever seen a politician with so much control over one party as Donald Trump has over the Republicans. I mean, all that tweeting. All that posturing, all that reality show spectacle, all those rallies, all those interviews on Fox TV with suck up reporters. It has paid off. And MAGA is like a yo-yo at the end of Donald Trump's string. If he flicks his wrist this way, they go down. If he pulls it back that way, they go up. Whatever Donnie does, MAGA wants. Do we have a sound effect for that, by the way? The yo-yo? The yo-yo? Here it is. And then this is like around the world where Daddy takes the yo-yo and then he throws it way up. Sometimes like a little slinky. Remember slinkies? He pushes it down the stairs and the slinky just goes down the stairs. That's MAGA. And you know what? I have never seen anything quite like this, uh, quite the, like this control that Donnie has over the Republican Party uh, since the 1980s when I watched uh, 
fast Eddie Verdoyak, Alderman Eddie Verdoyak, and the control he had over the white Alderman in the Chicago City Councils. Those boys danced at the end of the fast one string, just like MAGA does with Donnie, but this was different. Those white Aldermen back in the 1980s had man crushes on Fast Eddie. They looked at Fast Eddie and said, I might be fat and pasty face and a drunk, but when I'm with Fast Eddie, I feel like Steve McQueen. I want to apologize for all those ancient boomer references, youngsters. Status would say, hang tight, millennials. We have one hell of a show. Anyway, back to Donald Trump and the control he has over MAGA. This man, all he has to do is put out a few tweets about raising allowance from 600 to 2,000, and then he goes back to playing golf. And then he's like on the ninth hole or whatever, and the Republicans in the House pass the bill. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this, ladies and gentlemen. And they've been saying over and over again that they would never, ever raise it past $600, that we were lucky to have it at $600, that raising it to $2,000 per person would just unbalance the budget. We cannot allow a budget to be so unbalanced. We have to think of future generations. And then we, it, it, raising it to $2,000 would suppress the work ethic and give something to people for nothing. And we can't do that. No, it's the rich people. Then we, then we can give them something for nothing. But not ordinary Joes. That's just an American. And then just like that, Donnie shoots out a tweet, and it's like, open window, throw all that stuff out. And they vote for Bernie's bill. I just want to say that one more time, ladies and gentlemen. All those Republicans who send out all those fundraising emails that make fun of Bernie and make fun of lefties and say we're just a bunch of leftist thugs voted for Bernie's bill because Donnie told them to. And the whole time he did, Trump's on the golf course. Just the part that I really love. He's playing golf. I mean, is that power or what? He didn't miss a round of golf. He, he played all 18 holes. They got pictures in the paper of Nancy Pelosi in a mask walking through the halls of Congress, desperately trying to keep her caucus together, making phone calls, twisting arms, making promises, cutting deals. Man, Donnie's like, snaps those fingers, sends out those tweets, and the Republicans jump, and he does it from the golf course. Folks, you got to give the man credit. That's power. I'm telling you, and I mean this, Donald Trump, with that kind of control over the Republican Party, could have been the greatest president this country has ever had. Could have been. He gets Republicans to do anything he tells them to do, even if it undermines what they said before the day before. Could have been the greatest president, but he isn't. He just messed it all up. Anyway, as I speak... The bill is still in the Senate. Mitch McConnell says he's mulling it over. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck mulling, Mitch. All those Republicans. I'll tell you what's going down. They've suddenly turned this allowance. Hold on. Time out for a glass of water, D. Drink of water. Hold on. Oh, cool. Give yeah, we're not doing anything. Uh, hold on. We're not doing anything. Hold on. Ah, that water was delicious. Anyway. <clears throat> Heidi Henry, you'll get a kick out of this one. Uh, Adam Kinzinger, congressman of the 16th Congressional District, uh, was saying how he personally found it uh, distasteful to have to raise that allowance. He was concerned about where Republicans were coming from, where, uh, you know, where was the party of uh, budget restraint. Uh, and I just got this email from uh, William Kelly, who's running for to be chairman of the Republican Party, saying for... <laughs> 
for the for his viewpoints, Adam Kinzinger can be promised that he'll face a Republican uh, opponent uh, in the 2022 Republican primary already. There's going to be ramifications to any Republican who dared to go against Donald. And listen, I love it. I absolutely love the fact that these Republicans are under pressure for once to do the right thing. Instead of pretending like they care about a budget, which is so out of balance because of all their defense spending and, and, and all of their tax cuts for the wealthiest people, you never heard once then proclaim their concern about a balanced budget when they were cutting those taxes on the wealthiest people. All of a sudden now, they've turned into Bernie Sanders, and it's all because of uh, Donald Trump. So, yeah, Mitch McConnell is saying he's mulling it over. Meanwhile, down in Georgia, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, they're not mulling over anything. They need MAGA's votes. So <laughs> just about two weeks ago, they were patting themselves on the back for voting to raise uh, the allowance to 600 Now they say, well, I want to raise it to 2000 Hey, Donnie, while you're at it, send out a tweet to legalize reefer across the country. Just boom. They go back to playing golf. Guaranteed. By the time you finish that 18th hole, the Republicans would have voted on it. We got a great show today, everybody. Stacey Davis Gates will be here. Yes, indeed. The great Stacey Davis Gates from the Chicago Teachers Union. It's been a while since Stacey's been on the show. Election Day, as I recall, Dave. It was Election Day. SDG. SDG. Come on, Ben. SDG. Hold on. SDG. Come on, drink yes. that water. Yeah. <sighs> yes, SDG will be in the house. We'll be talking about reopening the schools, the politics of reopening the schools. And uh, oh, my goodness, we're talking about Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Donald Trump and Michael Madigan, all kinds of good stuff with uh, Stacey Davis Gates. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man that Stacey Davis Gates fondly calls Dr. D with the news. I, I bet she's actually called me that a few times. Yes. And and her brother has as well. Name's Dennis. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? We're back live, but again, for only two days this week. This week's New Year's schedule is just like last week. No live show Thursday, New Year's Eve, and no live show Friday new year's day but we will have bonus and best of interviews for you to download while we're away at the chicago reader website and wherever you get podcasts we will run through the lineup tomorrow but real quick if you haven't yet we want to remind you that just like every other news media outlet at this time of year we're having an end of the year countdown it's our annual top 10 stories in the state of illinois countdown but unlike every other news media outlet. The Ben Jarofsky Show is doing a creepy pseudo-satanic theme this time around. <laughs> because, well, quite frankly, this year sucked ass. And Ben, thanks for putting up with me on this one here. This, this one's pretty weird. Uh, we already did stories 10 through 6. Go download it and find out what they are. And this week, available on New Year's Day and streamed live on the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show's 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. <laughs> the 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. Oh, yeah, guys. I'm scared. I'm scared. Don't be too scared. We got to do the show. Join us live or download it Friday morning. 
We will begin with number five. Number five. Yeah, for money. Whoa! <laughs> and obviously, I heard the full effects of this. this is good stuff, man. And obviously, we end with the number one story in Chicago and or Illinois. Number one. Number one. And that is, of course, according to the Ben Jarofsky show. Join our end of the year party. And hey, let's watch 2020 burn. It's the 10 Gates of Illinois Hell Countdown, a Ben Jarofsky show countdown special. The 10 Gates of Illinois Hell. I may be going to church soon. Get that thing back in that cage. Get back there. Good times. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure when we're going to be recording that. Uh, we need to have a post-show meeting on when that will be happening. Uh, probably tomorrow, because uh, that's about the only time we have left. But anyway, all right. On to what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. And, uh, well, honestly, not a lot going on statewide. What's that? Prove it? Okay, will do. A new federal rule regarding odometer disclosure will be taking effect January 1st. With more, here's Illinois Secretary of State spokesperson, Henry Haupt. This is uh, an effort by the federal government to help combat odometer fraud, particularly since the nation's fleet of vehicles are aging. The average age of a vehicle in the United States is now almost 12 years, which is up from seven and a half years when the odometer rules were last changed in 1988. (laughs) If the vehicle is a 2011 model or newer, The seller must enter the current mileage in the odometer reading section of the title upon sale of the vehicle. And if the vehicle is a 2010 model or older, the seller may check the exempt box on the title. Uh, (laughs) Hold on now. I'm going to get those details right. I tell you, if the poor reporter has to write this up, I'm going to get these details right. (laughs) Some guy, some poor reporter went to journalism school and has got to write these details. Oh, God. I mean, man, Hop's just reading a press release. <laughs> he throws it away. That does that. Well, done with that. By the way, uh, my car, this is how broke I, my car is 2010. So if I'm hearing that guy correctly, D, I'm, I'm on my own well, with this. Shout out to thing. actually listening to what he said. My God, it was boring. <laughs> Because I know it's like, uh oh, I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. I have these weird journalistic nightmares the older I get. Like, you know, if I may share this with you, uh, Dennis, uh, it's like a deadline, and I'm late on the deadline, and here comes an editor. Hurry up, you're late. And I wake up, like, oh my God, I'm in a pool of sweat. Now I'm having a nightmare over a dominant, the all important odometer reading story. Ben, is it 2011 models or 2012? I can't remember. Oops, if I get it wrong, there'd be phone calls. And I'll have to write a correction. You know what the worst was? There was a period where the reader would like write the, they would like put the line through what, what you got wrong. And if, you know what I'm saying, D? And like on the internet, when they finally got to the internet phase of existence and they would be posting your articles. In the old days, you make a mistake. They just, the next week, there was a correction if anybody noticed it. But then with the age of the internet, we'll just scratch it out. So it's really embarrassing if you have like all these lines, <laughs> the article. God, you made a lot of mistakes in that article, Ben. <laughs> it's just the story of my life. Why did I go into this business? Hey. Anyway, the odometer story. Whew. 
Bring back memories, D. Hey, on to the year that was in Illinois weather. Here's Illinois State climatologist Trent Ford. <laughs> Quick show of hands. Who wants to know how many tornadoes Illinois had in 2020? What? No one? Oh, okay. Right now, up in 2020, up to 71 tornado reports across the state for 2020, which is almost double that from 2019. So 2019, we had 37. And so quite a bit more severe weather activity. What about crops? <laughs> Not nearly as extensive damage to crops as there was in Iowa, but uh, it did cause a lot of damage to both crops and storage, on-farm storage buildings. And uh, that, that same system produced uh, an outbreak of 15 tornadoes in the Chicagoland area. Oh. Wait a minute. Iowa just got thrown under the tractor. Not even a bus, since it's a farm-related story. It got thrown under the harvester. What do you mean, Iowa? we got to get a follow-up. What was his name? That will be a combine, by the way. Uh, <laughs> combine. Thrown under the what combine. The, what was the guy's name? Trent something? Uh, Trent. Uh, no, uh, wait. No, hold on. Let me look here. Uh, t- well, Trent Ford. Yeah, Trent Ford. Okay. Trent Tucker used to be a... A shooting guard for the Chicago Bulls. My beloved Chicago Bulls. Oh, great. No one cares. That's awesome. <laughs> 1993 Chicago Bulls. Uh, anyway, why why Iowa? We Of course. And then, it, like, he throws the of course in there. Like, we all know that. Well, of course, not as much as Iowa. How? What? Huh? Isn't Iowa just across the river? I mean, D, do some investigation, all right? There's a river. And on one side of the river is Iowa, and the other side is Illinois. You look it up, D, Okay. So why do why do we have more why do they have more tornadoes than we do? Get it get back to me on that one, right? And Brianna on the live stream chat. Yes, we're gonna get to the Lori Lightfoot news, but hey, we gotta learn about the state news too. All right. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> and finally, if you're not sure what to do with your Christmas tree after the holiday, here's <laughs> U of I Extension Local Foods and Small Farms Educator, Katie Parker, with some helpful advice. If you have like a compost facility nearby, mm-hmm. that's a really good option because they can mulch it or compost it. Mm. If you have a chipper or something yourself, you can do that as well. Any way to reduce causing additional waste. Don't sound too excited, Katie, please. <laughs> By the way, the a chipper. Wait, hey, hold on, Katie's talking. Trees are full of resin, which makes it very flammable. So that is not a good idea to do that. Like for inside inside firewood, if you were going to burn it outside, um, that might be an option, but it can still cause a big fire. So just be careful. Mm, it's very important to be careful with those fires. I know because I have a fire pit, D. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a fire pit. In fact, when you came by uh, the other day, I was thinking of having you come out uh, and help me. But this is a little embarrassing. I didn't have a match in the house. Mm. So I just let it go. But, um, yeah, you got to be very careful. And every, any talk about the chipper just brings back memories of the movie Fargo. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I believe he's in the wood chipper over there. Remember that movie day or did you not see that? Yeah, it looked really boring. Wow. Okay, we'll just let, let a lot of snow uh, and people standing out in the snow. I'm like, yeah, this looks boring. Okay, well, uh, by the way, 2021, our new film critic, Dr. D, uh, didn't watch that movie. There was snow in it. Okay. It's like, really? <laughs> well, here d- goes that movie. Very drab. Yeah. By the way, you see Palm Springs yet? Not no, bad. No. Uh, no that, that does not sound Day. drab. Well, it's Groundhog Day without snow. That's what I thought. Anyway. What Run, don't it? walk. What, what was it called again? 
Palm Springs with uh, Adam Sand. Wait, is that his name? Sandberg. What's his first name? Andy Sandberg. Andy. I found him. Andy. Yeah. Good. Good flick. Cool. And you can walk. I mean, it's probably just streaming at your house. Yeah. You don't even you could stroll. You don't really have to run at all. Just, you know, one night you've got a lot of free time. Stroll over there and watch it. All right. Well, we do uh, actually have some uh, stimulus news to talk locally. Uh, And hey, if you ever need some advice on how to have everyone hate you, Democrats, (laughs) Republicans, Libertarians, Willie Wilson Party, you should schedule some one on one time with Democratic 13th District Congressman Dino Dan Lipinski. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times in Lynn Sweet. He wasn't 13th District, though, was he? Third. Third District. I knew it as soon as I said it. <laughs> Third. I wasn't going to say anything until it was my turn All to right. talk. Show's I'm over, guys. Suddenly... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Don't worry We're about done. Big All right. You know, that, by the way, we just take that out in the editing process. Hey, you know what? You're right. You're right. Hold on. Let's do that over. Three, two, one. And hey. If you ever need some advice on how to have everyone hate you, Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Willie Wilson Party, you should schedule some one-on-one time with Democratic 3rd District Congressman Dino Dan Lipinski. How about that, huh? Well done, my friend. Well done. All right. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet. Only two House Democrats on Monday voted against boosting COVID-19 benefit checks from $600 to $2,000 for eligible adults. And one of them was, yeah, U.S. Representative Dino Dan Lipinski, who is winding up his final term in Congress. The measure sailed through the Democratic House on a 275 to 100 134 roll call after President Donald Trump threatened last week to not sign the $900 billion pandemic relief bill unless Congress enhanced the payments. The legislation Trump signed on Sunday night, apparently while golfing, uh, did not increase the size of the checks. Democrats jumped on Trump's call for more cash with the House voting on the higher figure on Monday. Lipinski was joined by U.S. Representative Kurt Schrader, uh, Democrat of Oregon, in voting no. What a joke. What a joke. I already talked about Donald Trump uh, snapping his fingers and getting uh, all these Republicans to jump aboard, throw out the window uh, (laughs) their whole life. The ideology they embraced their whole life. Boom, out the window. While playing golf really was amazing. But some Democrats in name only still wouldn't vote for it. And I just want to talk about uh, young Dan Lipinski. I call him young Dan Lipinski because his daddy, William Lipinski, was the congressman before him. And Dan Lipinski would not be a congressman today if it wasn't for daddy. So let's just think about that. You know, as he talks about uh, maintaining our budgets and work ethic, daddy gave you everything you got. Not everybody has a daddy who's a congressman or a powerful before that alderman in in the city of Chicago, committeeman. Park District bigwig, friend and uh, colleague to uh, Michael Madigan on the southwest side. Not everybody comes from such luxury. And yet you, oh, you're worried about a balanced budget. His quote was, deficit spending during this pandemic is absolutely necessary, but this does not mean we do not have to consider what we are spending and what debt we are passing on to future generations. I can't remember how Dino Dan voted on the... uh, tax bill. But I don't recall, even if he voted no, and I don't recall one way or the other, any strong outpouring of opposition. Talk about 
passing on a debt to future generations, cutting the rates of the wealthiest people in this country. And I don't recall Dan Lipinski raising a finger to pass the fair tax. I don't recall him having a position on that at all. So now Illinois voters, Illinois residents for the next, I don't know, 50 years are going to be having to worry about how to pay our bills in the state of Illinois. So it's interesting picking and choosing what he's become an advocate for the taxpayer and future generations. And he chose to take a stand when it came to limiting the amount of money people who desperately need it get in the middle of a pandemic when jobs are hard to find. That's hardly profiles and courage. That's hardly great political courage. And here's the weird thing. One more time, Dan Lipinski is a Democrat. It's funny, Dennis and I were talking about this at the start of the show, and we forget that. (laughs) We forget that Dan Lipinski is actually a Democrat, but he's a Democrat in name. His father, William Lipinski, understand this, people. His father, William Lipinski, was the congressman before him. And when William Lipinski decided to step down, he turned things over to his son, Dan Lipinski. And before that, William Lipinski was an alderman. And before that, and he still... No, he's no longer the Democratic Committeeman. He was a powerhouse in the local Democratic Party, an ally of Eddie Verdoliak, an ally of Danny Rosenkowski. These are all ancient names, all Democrats. So everything William Lipinski had, he got from the Democratic Party, and everything Dan Lipinski got, he got from his daddy and the Democrats Party. And what did he do but shun every single important issue that affects Democrats? He betrayed those issues. Republicans are flip-flopping all over the country because Donald Trump from a golf course snaps his fingers, but not Dan Lipinski, Uh uh-uh. He's gonna stand on his principles if his principles mean denying people who desperately need it 1,400 extra dollars. And let me remind you folks, there was no political price for him to pay one way or another. Dan Lipinski was defeated in the March primary by Marie Newman. Marie Newman beat him, another Democrat. He was ousted, defeated uh, by a campaign from, that came at him from the left. And so he, he could do anything he wants. He's walking out the door to quote Gloria Gaynor. He could vote any way he wants. That Gloria Gaynor reference went over everyone's head except for maybe Frank. Hey, what, what were we talking about? Yeah, it just don't forget. Forget the Gloria Gaynor reference. Anyway. He's walking out that door. He can do anything he wants. You know, his, his political career is over. So what's his last vote? His last significant vote? <laughs> to stick it to people who need it the most. Thanks for nothing, Danny. By the way, Marie Newman defeated him. Uh, she is the... Dennis asked me this. is A lot of people may wonder this. They've not reconvened the... Uh, the House for a new session, so she's still a congresswoman-elect, so she doesn't get to vote on this matter. Uh, But she issued a statement saying, uh, quote, in less than a week, Illinois uh, 3rd Congressional District will have a representative that knows damn well that a $600 stimulus check is not nearly enough to support American families who continue to struggle every day uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Marie Newman uh, will, will be the congresswoman in about a week. 
So a little too late for this vote. So thanks for nothing, Dan Lipinski. And I always thought Dan Lipinski, his thing was, well, I'm a conservative on social issues like abortion because it's my heartfelt conviction that life begins at the moment of uh, the moment of inception, conception. <laughs> and and yet. He was supposed to be what liberal when it came to pocketbook issues? Well, there's no greater pocketbook issue than the difference between $2,600 in the middle of a pandemic. So it looks like he was just, he was, I can't even say he was a Republican because if he was a legitimate Republican, he would have done a flip. Just a, a weird political animal. <clears throat> and it's time for him to move on. Uh, this is his last significant vote, D. And he, his last significant vote was to stick it to the people who needed it the most. All right. Any uh, last words there? I feel like this is going to be the last Dan Lipinski story uh, we're going to have for a while. Mm-hmm. For a while. I think uh, young Daniel probably has a future somewhere. Maybe that's what this vote was about, to help him get a future job. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, so we'll just put Dan on the back burner for a while and see what he has. I can't imagine him running again uh, against Marie Newman. By the way, I just want to point out uh, Nancy Pelosi. I usually say nice things about you, but Nancy Pelosi and the uh, and the uh, the Democratic uh, lead, the leaders of the uh, congressional campaigns punished the Marie Newmans of the world for challenging the Lipinskis of the world. Remember that day? If you worked in Marie Newman's campaign, they told you you would be blacklisted and never get a job with uh, uh, Democratic campaigns from that from now on. Well, I think they're going to look the other way on that rule, D. <laughs> After uh, hmm. now, we see what Danny Lipinski was all about. Hmm. A little uh, a tidbit of angst against uh, Nancy Pelosi. Just a tidbit. Ben, I'm, I'm going to make a 2021 20, prediction. Go ahead. I predict that in the year 2021, Ben will break up with Nancy Pelosi, his longtime <laughs> crush in love. That's my 2021 prediction. Early, early prediction, but I think it's going to, I'm calling it right now. Uh, hmm. I think you may be onto something there, D. <laughs> <laughs> Since it was kind of late, I really, my love for Nancy Pelosi. Uh, is kind of a recent development as in like since Donald Trump became president. I was not a huge Nancy Pelosi fan before this, but really appreciated the role she played in the Donald Trump era much D the way I appreciated a certain Michael Joseph Madigan and the role he played in the Bruce Rauner era. Remember that? Yeah, and I did kind of break up with Michael Joseph Madigan uh, post Bruce Runner, though at the moment I cannot recall if I'm on the bus or off the bus. I just can't remember, uh, D. I think you're on the bus. You're on the bus. I'm on the bus. Okay. Yeah. Can I get off the bus just for the heck of it? No, I don't have the sound effects ready. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, yeah, you could be onto something. Although, like, this picture of Nancy Pelosi, it's my beloved bright one with the mask on as she walks through the halls of Congress with a, uh, her cell phone in one hand and a determined look on her face because she's round up those votes. And then there's a picture of Donald Trump on the golf course. Four. Yeah, four. Uh, uh, four. <laughs> that would be that. <laughs> that would be, yeah, because, you know, he's yelling it out. Although, who else is playing golf? They're in the middle of a pandemic. You think anybody else is on the golf course besides Trump? And, and by the way, do you think they're wearing masks? Mm, doubt it. Well, I, you know, if the theme of the year was rules for thee, not for me. And I imagine a lot of those people like golfing. 
Yeah, good point. Uh, I can't remember where he was going. Oh, his private course in Florida. So anyway, I'm still on the Nancy Pelosi uh, bandwagon, D, but you're right. 2021, we shall see. Heartbreak coming soon <laughs> on the Ben Jarofsky show. Yeah. All right, let's do the Chicago news. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, no public events scheduled for the mayor. What are her New Year's Eve plans? I don't know. Who am I? Larry Lightfoot or something? I don't know. But I think we already know what her New Year's resolution will be. All right, well, besides from better travel etiquette. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going <laughs> to shut it off. I'm going to mm. kick you out, and I'm going to mm. make you walk home. A little road rage there. But come on, guys. We all know her top goal in 2021. Sweep that case of Anjanette Young under the rug as fast as humanly possible. Yes, the botched police raid of Anjanette Young's home continues to hover over City Hall. We begin on Sunday when the lawyers of Anjanette Young said in a statement that Young had previously agreed to meet privately with Mayor Lightfoot this Wednesday morning at Progressive Baptist Church to, quote, start the healing process. Lightfoot then responded Monday morning saying, quote, I am anxious to meet directly with Miss Young and I'm hoping the details can be worked out so that will happen. But shortly after on Monday, while we were away, all this happened while we weren't on the air. Uh, Anjanette Young or Anjanette Young's lawyer revealed that the meeting between Young and the mayor was canceled. Keenan Salter, Young's lawyer, said his client faced, quote, some informal pushback from individuals associated with Mayor Lightfoot after Young and Salter invited a small group of aldermen to take part in a public forum that was also planned for Wednesday. Acting Corporation Counsel Celia Meza, uh, New Flesner, told <laughs> Salter the mayor, quote, accepted the invitation to meet with Miss Young privately, but declined to participate in the public forum. Uh, a spokesman for Lightfoot did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Ben, what say you? Wow, there's so much to unpack. Before I do uh, on the unpacking, let me uh, give a shout out to Frank. He dredged up from the past uh, <laughs> this uh, Lori Lightfoot statement that she wrote. And I had I just smiled uh, when I saw this. This goes back to the days right after I got fired by that radio station. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, WCPT 820. Oh, yeah. WC yeah, later. Anyway, um, so uh, Frank, uh, God bless him, put out uh, a petition to get the station to bring me back, which was never going to happen. But whatever. Anyway, and signing that petition was one Lori Lightfoot, then a candidate. And she wrote, Ben Jarofsky is an incredibly important voice in Chicago media. He consistently and fairly calls out government fraud, waste and abuse. I Wait, can you read, can you start over and read that again? Just maybe a little slower. OK, hold on. Ben Jarofsky is an incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry, the music. Ben Jarofsky is an incredibly important voice in Chicago media. He consistently and fairly calls out government fraud, waste, and abuse. And I particularly love the doctor. Okay, uh, she did not say that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I appreciate that, Lori Lightfoot, for you saying that. So we'll keep that in mind as I say what I say and see if she still thinks I'm such a important voice uh, in Chicago media. Thank you, uh, Frank, uh, for making my day by uh, bringing that back. So, wow. Where do I? Let me just point out that, has it been two weeks now? I think it's two weeks. I've lost track of time, D. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, it's been two weeks since that day, uh, Tuesday, December 15th, correct. 
that Lori Lightfoot sent out a press release and the press release was a statement from Lori Lightfoot and it's in quotes and I keep a copy of that on my desk so we never ever forget. We never ever forget where we were then to where we are now to watch what our government is doing. And in this particular case, Lori Lightfoot realizes that she made a dreadful political mistake. It wasn't so much, and I'm not sure if in her heart of hearts she thinks it was a dreadful mistake, like a human mistake, you know, like what they put Anjanette Young through was just unneedless uh, aggravation and torment. That kind of mistake, mistake, or just a political mistake that would come back to haunt her. But she learned. She figured it out because on Tuesday, the 15th of December, I will remind you that she said, today I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young from February 2019. I had no knowledge of either until today. Since this matter is the subject of litigation, I will have no further comment. Well, she's had a lot of comment since she that statement, including now the back and forth. I guess we can call this meeting gate since everything, that's sort of the theme of the year. Did she agree to the meeting? Did she not agree to the meeting? Did the lawyer misrepresent the terms of the agreement or did the lawyer get it right? I got to lean toward the lawyer getting it right, D, just based on the record. The mayor's record on uh, Anjanette Young is not that sterling when it comes to remembering key details. But the reality is that it's very important from a political perspective uh, that Mayor Lori Lightfoot meet with uh, Anjanette Young just to let the public see how much the mayor cares about uh, Anjanette Young. And one more time, Anjanette Young was uh, the victim of a police raid in February 2019 with a bunch of cops burst into her room, uh, burst into her home, broke down the door uh, while she was naked. She was home alone in her house. She was naked and they threw handcuffs on her and they kept those handcuffs on her even though it became obvious that she had done nothing wrong and they had made a mistake and they got to the wrong house. And evidence of that botched police raid was gathered by the cameras that the police were working on, that the police were carrying. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot was not the mayor at the time of the raid, but she was mayor uh, in the, at the time that Anjanette Young was pleading with the city to release those tapes, and she resisted her every step of the way. So this is a very important point to raise, that Lori Lightfoot's law department was carrying on the way criminal defense corporate corporate lawyers do in criminal matters and that is they fight like hell against the people who are suing them in the hopes that enough time will pass and the other people wear down and break down and give up and that's pretty obvious and now everybody else is taking the heat i wish Lori lightford from the get-go had said been honest and said taxpayers I was standing up for you I wanted to limit the payout that we we're going to give to Anjanette Young and yes she was a victim but if I admit that she was a victim that's more of a payout that's your taxes go higher that would at least have been an honest expression from Lori Lightfoot of what she was up to and what her law department is up to instead how many lawyers have been fired 
Flester, Mark Flester, uh, Dennis already alluded to him. He was the corporation guy. He was the top lawyer. He was the guy that stood next to Lori Lightfoot at city council meetings and whispered in your ear advice. And then they would make little jokes and laugh. And as soon as, soon as she got in trouble, see a Flester beat it. And a couple other lawyers got fired too. I can't remember. And the policemen were in the raid. They're on desk duty. Not desk duty. <laughs> no. I personally wouldn't mind desk duty, but that's just me. Uh, what are the donuts you got today, huh? Yeah. Well, I know who's getting a swirly in the uh, police office that day. <laughs> ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the swirly and I have a cup of coffee. I'll do desk duty. I got a problem with desk duty. Anyway, everyone's playing. A... <laughs> do you know what a swirly is? Yeah, it's the one with the little swirls on it. No, it's where they hang you. They dunk your head in the toilet and hold you by your ankles. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where'd you get that? That's a swear. Everybody knows what a swirly is. I thought it was a donut. Oh, hang tight, boomers. I, I, <laughs> I thought it was a donut. You go, when you said, I can tell you thought it wasn't what I thought it was. When you get the swirly, you go, oh, that's like an inside Dunkin' Donuts joke. No, you're the guy who loves desk duty at the police office. Oh, they're picking no. on Oh, I get it. It's the equivalent. Of, it's like the police station equivalent of snapping someone with a towel yeah. in the locker room. Yeah. Oh, by the way, do you be happy to know that uh, the garbage is being collected as I speak in oh, my alley? Great report. <laughs> great update. That's up there with the Christmas tree update. By the way, a certain dear friend of Dennis who came with Dennis to the house the other day with Dennis dropped. We didn't even mention this, D. That I have my Harold Washington. Oh, yeah, it's back. It's back. It's, it's back. it's back. My girlfriend, Samantha, uh, and I went to uh, the Chicago Reader or the Chicago Sun-Times building and got the blue Mustang. We got the uh, city <laughs> the city club certificate. We got the Harold Washington bus back. We got it all back, guys. Yes, uh, and uh, we got the Mueller report. The most important thing. Oh, yeah. Where's that Mueller report? Got to do some late-night reading, D. Just... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so where were we? Uh, oh, so yeah, she saw Samantha saw the the infamous porta potty. I thought I was kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, there's a porta potty. It's there. It's orange. It's a porta potty. Anyway, where was I before we went on Swirly Gate? We went on a Swirly Gate thing. Anyway, oh, they, they put the police on. That's why we went on Swirly. Yes, they put the <laughs> they put the policeman on desk duty. And they fired Flesner. They brought in this new lawyer. And now things have changed. And they're, they're really, the lawyers are going to do what Lori Lightfoot wanted them to do, as opposed to what they had already been doing, which is what Lori Lightfoot wanted them to do. And what else? Uh, there's going to be an investigation. Lori Lightfoot has uh, convinced a former judge, Ann Williams, she's going to investigate. Like, what's to investigate? Like, all she has to do is have a conversation with Lori Lightfoot. Lori, Mayor Lightfoot, did you know that uh, your lawyers are playing hardball with Anjanette Young? Oh, no, I didn't know that. You mean you had no idea, no clue whatsoever that they were playing hardball? Uh uh, I knew nothing about it. You didn't sanction it. You didn't tell them this is how we deal with uh, plaintiff lawsuits. Nope. Okay. Well, that'd be a fast investigation. Anyway, so all this D is an attempt to completely reverse the position that Lori Lightfoot was taking just two weeks ago. You know? And uh, so I, uh, yeah, I got a feeling at some point 
in the new year, Anjanette Young will meet with Lori Lightfoot, right, D? And they'll have a meeting and then they'll come. Then the issue will see, well, how will it be used? There's still a lawsuit out there. Right. So you know what I'm saying, D? If Anjanette Young's lawyers looking out for Anjanette Young, you, you can't go, oh, like, we forgive you. Well, what about the lawsuit? <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of interests at play here. And uh, what the city of Chicago has to determine is whether Mayor Lori Lightfoot was essentially, or her administration, I should say, uh, was essentially supporting, sort of condoning, if you will, uh, the police raid by fighting so hard to conceal the evidence of it and fighting so hard to undercut Anjanette Young. And whether they put number one on their list of things, objectives, to limit the light, the payout as opposed to changing police behavior. And those are the issues we're facing on this case, folks. And those issues aren't going to change no matter how much spin uh, Mayor Lightfoot puts on this. And D, by the way, I just thought it's the subject of my next column. I was thinking about this. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I was thinking about Smollett Gate and how uh, Kim Fox was ripped for how many months over Smollett Gate, her handling of it. And just the notion that at any time, Kim Fox would say, I am going to appoint my good friend, Billy Bob, and he's going to do an investigation of Smollett Gate, and we'll get to the bottom of this, which is what Lori Lightfoot's done with uh, Anjanette Young. I'm just thinking, man, could you imagine if Kim Fox had said, we're going to do my, she's going to bring out an old, you know, pal of hers, do an investigation of how she handled the Justice Smollett case. Oh, God, can you imagine the Tribune? They'd be frothing at the mouth. How dare the... <laughs> now, I got to give him credit. The Tribune's been pretty good on this story. I got to give Gregory Pratt credit. Well, he's the, the reporter, not the editorial page guy. Excellent job uh, keeping this story going and pointing out the inconsistencies. Every single article in the Tribune points out the inconsistencies in this case. And so Pratt is doing an excellent job, in my humble opinion, D. But yes... This latest chapter in the saga of Lori Lightfoot and Anjanette Young, and will she meet with Anjanette Young? Won't she meet with Anjanette Young? It's all about controlling public perception. So Lori Lightfoot doesn't want to meet with Anjanette Young and then be part of a press conference with a bunch of aldermen? So what? No, she wants to control the situation. So she meets with Anjanette Young. Maybe they do a, a public meeting together. More likely, you'll see an image of the mayor going into the church and then an image of the mayor leaving the church and then making some comments about, you know, how uh, she listened very carefully to what Anjanette Young had to say and she's moved by and make sure it'll never happen. That kind of thing, you know. The Anjanette Young's lawyers, he's not falling for it. He's got his own objectives. So we'll see how this one plays out. Deep. And, you know, uh, it kind of happened all throughout the year as well. Um, I got to bring it up. As a wise governor once said, big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Kind of seems like uh, the rift between the mayor and the alderman. It's just kind of grown a little bit more, right? Yeah, that rift isn't going uh, anywhere. And a lot of it, um, it's just personal. The way uh, the alderman deals with people who disagree with her. Let's put it that way. She doesn't take disagreement well. 
And um, we've seen that from, in many instances, Byron Sichelope. It it almost like the the politics doesn't really matter. You know, it's you got a, a lefty alderman like Byron Sichelope's. She doesn't like him. You got basically uh, the conservative Democrat in Raylo. She doesn't like him. And then every now and then when she needs somebody, she gets along with like she didn't like Bobby Rush, but now she kind of likes Bobby Rush. So I guess she is capable of, you know, warming up to someone. She really cannot stand our next guest, Stacey Davis Gates. It's not an alderman, but she really can't stand her. Who else? Which one of the other aldermen does she really? She likes Tom Tunney, you know, no matter what Tommy does. She's good with it. Oh, illegal speakeasy. Where you gave out, you sold cinnamon rolls. No problem. You're still the zoning chair. I've never seen her as mad as Tom Tunney as she is as like Byron Cicelopas. But uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, things are a little testy right now between Mayor Lori Lightfoot and many of the aldermen. And uh, oh, by the way, thank you for signing that petition. Much appreciated, Mayor Lightfoot. All right. And finally, uh, we'll end it out here. Former First Ward Alderman Proco Joe Moreno. Yeah. Uh, what do I say about Proco Joe? Uh, Alderman Proco Joe Moreno, former first word alderman, as Dennis said, uh, was charged with DUI in a crash. I'm reading this from the Chicago Tribune. And uh, apparently, I think it was Sunday night, uh, he was drunk and driving his car on Astor Street, which is in the Gold Coast. Uh, I believe Governor Pritzker lived in that stretch of Astor Street. I think that's the, where the infamous Gold Coast mansion is. Uh, toilet gate. Remember that one, D? Uh, and uh, Proco Joe was just like uh, his car. He was out of control and his car was slamming into other cars and sideswiping them. And he just scared. Like people were watching. We're talking about how scary it was and how frightening it was and how out of control the driver was. And Anyway, uh, this is the second incident that uh, Proco Joe has gotten himself involved in with the uh, law enforcement. The first one happened right before his election uh, when he lost to Daniel Espada in the first uh, ward. And that one is the one where uh, Alderman Proco Joe Moreno reported his car had been stolen. Remember this, D? Doing this from memory. Oh, he yeah, reported yeah. to the police his car was stolen. Uh, and then it turned out, then the police arrested someone who was driving it. And she said, wait a minute. The alderman gave me permission to drive the car. What do you mean I'm st- stolen? And now he's facing charges of filing a false police complaint and f- insurance fraud. Like he was going to get a claim on the car for being stolen. Man, it's clear that Proco Joe's life is really uh, taking a turn for the worst. And I just have to say um, that Proco Joe has always been a good sport coming on my shows and coming at the hideout. And he, we don't see eye to eye politically to put it mildly. Uh, he was a loyalist to mayor Rahm. And I, of course was always urging him to go left and he was always rolling his eyes. And he's one of those young aldermen who would tell me, Ben, you don't understand how things work. There's so many aldermen who've told me that over the, Ben, you don't understand how it works. You don't understand how this game is. Playing. So many politicians have told me that day. I've watched them come and go. You know, ben, you don't understand. No, that's not how you play the game, Ben. You and your lefty friends, you don't understand. You <laughs> commies. Uh, you, so many aldermen and state reps that I interview over the years. Like Ben, you don't get it. And Proco Joe was one of them. But I, I, D, I, this kind of hurts me to see this. 
Um, it does hurt me. I'm not going to be one of those technically at this. Uh, I hope he gets his life together. I hope Prokojo gets his life together, deals with his demons, uh, and uh, gets the drinking under control. Because just it's an it's just really sad, really, to see someone's uh, life spin out of control this way. Very bizarre. Uh, the the way we connect with Alderman, they become public figures. You know, there's 50 of them, and you know, you figure they're they wouldn't be so important. But you know, Alderman, like we all know who our Alderman is. We don't know who our state reps are. We don't know who our senators are. We, you know, we can barely do a congressman. We're lucky if we can get a congressman. Everybody knows they're Alderman. I've interviewed many ordinary Chicago voters down through the years. And I always say, like, who's your state rep? Who's your state? They don't know. Who's your alderman? And they'll know the last name. You know, like, oh, uh, it's, uh, 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 what's his name, man? Moreno. That's my alderman's name. You know what I'm saying? They know the like, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, Moore. Yeah, Moore. Like, oh, Joe Moore. Yeah, Joe Moore. So we all know our aldermen. So these aldermen are bigger than life. And now it's just going to be a feel. Every time Proco Joe, uh, he has a hearing. It'll be in the paper. It'll be on TV. And they'll show him walking in with his lawyer. So I, I don't know, D. I mean, we have to acknowledge it because it's uh, news. But it, um, you know, it's just uh, I don't know, bad taste. I hope you get your uh, life together, Proco Joe, and uh, get back in the swing of things. All right, everybody, that's our local news. We're going to end it out there. Uh, remember, once again, no new live show on Thursday or Friday. We will have interviews, specials, the top 10 countdown. We'll find out what the number one Chicago and or Illinois story is, according to the Ben Jarofsky show with our 10 Gates of Illinois Hell countdown special. Not going to play the creepy noises. Uh, you'll have to wait for those. And uh, also, uh, interview so much more. Check it out, chicagoreader.com, wherever you download podcasts. Over 800 episodes of The Ben Jarofsky Show. So while we're away, you have some stuff to play. And uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, it's the one. It's the only. We called her Governor Gates for a while. Are we still calling her Governor Gates, Ben? Sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? Governor why Gates, Stacy Davis Gates will be joining us. And uh, Ben, I actually uh, over the weekend I um, listened to more of uh, music from Ricky Hendon, former guest of the Ben Jarofsky Show, former senator uh, Ricky Hendon. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you heard uh, his song about uh, the coronavirus check? Yes. Yeah. Rona uh, money. Yes. Uh, in fact, yes, uh, several people sent it to me. I've heard it. And uh, Steve James sent it to me. Uh, the movie director comes on the show. And I told Steve James that if he was, that Ricky and I were going to record our favorite songs of the 70s. And that if he was lucky, we would hire him uh, to be to make the video of it. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, Ricky Hennon sent me a message saying, let's do it. So I heard the Corona song, uh, <laughs> heard it a couple times, uh, and uh, it's a banger, dude. It's uh, you know I'm a big fan of Ricky Hendon on many fronts. Uh, he's uh, a great guest, uh, and I uh, yeah, kind of a fan of the Corona song. Oh my god, yeah. Sure Steve James is going to take me up on that, but uh, check this video out. Uh, you'll see Ricky Hendon hanging out in like a pontoon boat or something uh, with a bunch of people. It's just an awesome video, awesome song, Rona money. When we come back Stacy Davis Gates
internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.